when you combine 30-year-old high school kids, a killer, and an old man jester mask, a 10-year high school reunion, and bad acting into a blender, mix it all together, you get the shit smoothie that is Slaughter High. We watched it, so you don't have to. So you know what that means. DJ, drop the beat. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst horror movies, the movies that are so bad they're scary. I am your host, Marshall Hampton. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, so much that I even have like a little horn announcement, uh, but there's no announcement. I just <laughs> wanted to make that noise. It would always be okay. It was like a grand old balls back in the day. Every time you like lords and they just walk in, have the horn to announce them. Like that'd be kind of cool. This I know it's totally off topic, but just walk into a room somewhere and have somebody like blow horn announcing your arrival. That doesn't make you feel like such. Lord like, Marshall Hampton <laughs> of Swansea, Illinois, <laughs> and guest and guest. <laughs> so uh, today. Uh, this is week two of our back to school month long special. Uh, last week we kicked off back to school month with a little gem of a movie that we found called After School Massacre. Week two, we are doing Slaughter High. <laughs> now, before we get even go into that, I want to uh, say thank you to a listener of ours, uh, Katie Vossler, for suggesting this movie to us on our Facebook page. Um, she, you know, so this is our first listener suggested uh, movie we're doing. So, Katie, thank you for listening and thank you for your suggestions. Thank you very and much. Uh, we do, here we go. We did this. <laughs> uh, Slaughter High, uh, released November 14th, 1986, but it was actually shot in 1984. There's a, whole, there's a whole lot of hoopla and drama around this movie. And for you horror fans, uh, maybe you may actually know it, but I'll, I'll get into it after we get through the movie itself. But there's a lot of drama and mystique that surrounds this movie. Ooh, I don't know about this. Um, so, you can find it on. I watched it on Amazon Instant. I rented it for like two ninety nine or something like that. Um, it's also on iTunes and the Vudu app. Um, and Aaron, did I? Did you watch it somewhere else? I also got it through the Xbox app on uh, my Xbox. All right. Again, two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. There was no um, HD option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the film was really old looking in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a really old, yeah. like grainy. Like you can definitely t- tell it was shot on uh, some old school equipment. Um, this is a weird, kind of unique movie in itself that it was written and directed by three people. Right. Now, I understand having movies written by several people, a team of writers. I get that. That's common. But being directed by multiple people is weird. Like, occasionally, like, there's the Coen brothers, like a duel. And, that's, and they're brothers. But yeah, yeah, they have a but similar vision. Three different people directing one movie. I'm like, that's like, seems to me like too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, I don't know how. Right. And maybe that came on this movie because this this movie is fucking crazy. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's it's a gem. Um, so it's written directed by George Dugdale, Mark Ezra, 
Peter Mackenzie Litton. Now, these three people also wrote and direct the 1990 horror movie Living Doll. So it's the same. They did. These three people did both those movies. Uh, I guess moving right in, the, the big, I guess, star of the movie is uh, Caroline Monroe, who was a really big actress in like this, like 60s, 70s, 80s. Like she was really pretty. Um, I would say 70s, like pretty. Yeah, she's yeah. done a lot of movies, a lot of like horror, like other like horror stuff. She was with Christopher Lee in yeah, uh, a lot of the, like, Dracula the, 1972 AD. Yeah, the like the Hammer films mm-hmm. and all that. So yes. Um, so we're going to dive right into head first, going right into the movie. I'll cover cast parts as it comes up with you too, um, as we go. But So the movie opens up with the exterior shot of the Doddsville County High School. Uh, keep that in mind, it's Doddsville with a D. I'll, just, I'll come back up later. But um, we meet, they go inside, and we meet the main characters, Carol and Marty. Carol is the hot, popular chick of the school. Marty is your super stereotypical geek, he nerdy, is nerd, loser. nerd. Yeah, I mean, the only thing he's missing is basically a pocket protector and like tape on them holding his glasses together. Yeah. You know, that's really, other than that, you can't nail it more. With this intro is also the music. I don't know oh, if you know the music. The music. It's, is it's like amazing. this kind of rock, like. Rock kind it's of. It's like rock with synthesizer, but it's, it's yeah, giggle, it's, this laugh in the background. It's kind of yeah, cool. Like, I kind of yeah, like it's, it. It's like the, the evil jester theme, which comes back in this movie. But it's, I was like, oh, <laughs> April Fool's Day. Well, yeah, yeah, it's really. I like it. Oh, speaking of April Fool's Day, um, I, I'll cover that. I, I was going to cover in the in our audience, but I'll bring it up now. Um, April Fool's Day was actually the original title of this movie. But they changed it because that same year there was the other April Fool's Day movie being released the same year. So like, okay, well we'll change it to Slaughter High to avoid, you know, confusion and all that. So which is that's pretty relevant throughout knowing that fact because there's a lot of references to April Fool's Day in the movie and in the music Mm -hmm. that you just mentioned. Um, So Carol is leading Marty down the hallways, holding his hand, and they're like, you know, basically she's got him thinking. That he's, she's gonna have sex with them in the he's gonna room. score. Yep. Um, Carol. Uh, yeah, she's like we're, she takes him to the uh, girls' locker room and you know the showers and all that. And Marty's like tell, he tells her like I'm no virgin that he's a sex machine. Mm-hmm. Marty's a that. sex machine according to her or according to him. And uh, as they walking down the hallway, you, you, they pass one of these doors. And all the other cool kids, I, I'm using air quotes here, the cool kids, they kind of peek up almost like Three Stooges style, like head on top of head on top of head type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like peek out from this door and watch them as they um, go. And then they start following them down the hall. And they, they all are lower down with like video cameras, sound equipment, lights. And really good equipment for the 80s, too. <laughs> and for like high school kids. Right. Which, which, by the way, these high school kids are 30 years old. <laughs> They, but they that's are, okay. <laughs> they are just the. I mean, Carol Caroline old. Monroe, like when she shot this, was like thirty three or thirty six when she shot this movie. Easily, so they're all like thirty year old high school kids. Um, so one of them has like a large gas tank, which I thought was like a pro, like some kind of game, but it turns out to be a fire extinguisher later. And somebody else is carrying like a large pole or a mic boom. But I think later after watching it, when I think it was a javelin, like a track and field javelin. So. As it, you know, as all the kids walk into it, kind of goes off the kids and it zooms in on a hallway, like rip away counter, and it's the, you know, they rip off the date and it reveals today is April first, April Fool's Day. So there's our first cue of April Fool's Day, which 
keeps coming back throughout the movie. Uh, as they get to the the, the locker room, Marty's like, "Oh no!" I you know I, he starts getting a little nervous. Like I, you know he's got cold feet. Like I don't know if we should do this or you know. And uh, of course, uh, Carol is like, "Oh, it's okay." Seducing him into the bathroom. More, come on, yeah. you can do this. No one's in there. She tells she gets him in there. She tells him to undress in one of the showers, and. She undoes some of the buttons on her shirt, revealing some pretty decent cleavage <laughs> for them. Um, the rest of the cool kids. Well, she is outside. 36 years old. So. Yeah. Uh, the, the cool kids are outside in the locker room. They're like looking into the glass in the, win- the door windows. Uh, one of the girls, Susan, she knocks on the door and Carol rushes Martin into the shower and closes, like, oh, hi. And they have some fake conversation, like, oh, hey, you know, just basically an excuse to. Sneak in all the so other all the cool kids, cool kids take off their shoes. Also, they're all in their bare like socks. I didn't know they did that. So they're sneaking in, and I was like, oh, "That's pretty good." So they all sneak in while they're having fake conversation, and Marty's, you know, in one of the shower stalls trying to stay away. And it's pretty funny while he, while this is going on, he looks at the wall, and there's yeah, I had that written down. Go ahead. Yeah. on the wall. That's, what's, his, what's his last name? It's uh, Rensky. <laughs> Marty Rensky sucks. And then he just looks like this. And he takes Ransom. It's Ransom. He Marty takes Ransom. out a Sharpie, and the S is really long, and it goes from sucks to fucks. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it curves. Or it's like curve. It's like a curse. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, like, that was. I thought that was pretty yeah, clever. He's like, I didn't notice, but he had. He had, just happened to have the exact same color marker that the graffiti was written it. in. So, but later in the movie, you see he does this a lot, like yeah. on his locker. This must be a common thing for him. <laughs> So, uh, let's see where we're at. Yeah, we actually discovered that. Marty Ransom sucks, changes it to uh, Fox. Fox. Uh, the cool kids. And while he's hiding in the shower, they started sitting up all the equipment. And one of them has a fucking car battery. They're hooking up a car battery. And at this point, I'm like, holy shit, they're making a snuff film. They're going to electrocute this kid with a car battery in the shower or something. I'm like, oh, my God. This is crazy. Um, during all this, Marty pulls out this re- Ridiculous condom. It's like it's to the point where it's not even a condom. Like it's not. He doesn't pull out and unwrap. You know, pull out the little uh, sealed wrapper and undo it. It's like this giant rubber. I it's like know. half glove, half yeah. condom. It's like an extreme French like, tickler. Yeah, it's like also like a foot long, and it looks like it has giant cow teats coming off one side of it. It looks like kind of like you know. I love the fact that you just said teats. <laughs> well, that, yeah, so it's just, it's ludicrous. It's like, oh my God, who would wear that? How would you wear that? And how would that even work? Marty would. He's a sex machine. <laughs> Apparently. So the janitor during all this, the jan- janitor walks oh. by, who's the only black guy in the movie. And God damn, is he. He, he looks into the locker room. He sees all this going on. He sees all the kids. And he's like, oh, something's going on. But he just walks away. Like whistling zippity doo dah. Yeah, like, it's. <laughs> oh God, he is so stereotypical. Like old. Yes, sir. Okay, I'll show yeah, you. I knew that. I should be. Oh, it's so horrible. Yeah, it really is. He's like the crow from the crows from Dumbo. Yeah, like the like a racist old yeah. Disney film, like Sons of the South or something. Which is funny because yeah. we just when we did. Um, uh, uh, the stuff we had to say they kind of the same thing with chocolate chip Charlie. Right. Like, apparently, like black guys in the '80s movies were all like this caricatures. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Marty, he's uh, says that this is going to be his best birthday ever. So now it's we also know it's his birthday on April Fool's Day, and boy, is he 
Oh, I, you feel bad for the guy once you hear it's his birthday. He opens up the curtain, and all the cool kids spray him with a fire extinguisher. And he's naked. I and mean, he's complete. You see full, full frontal. frontal nudity here. Um, they're spraying with fire extinguisher, and they're chanting, Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Where's, Where's the, the beef? beef? April Fools. Where's yeah. the beef? And the whole time they're doing this, they're videotaping this. There's a big old spotlight on them. They're having the old 1980s like VHS camcorder that's like the size of a small Ford car on somebody's shoulder. Um, they're shouting, and then they shout, April Fools! Yeah. Marty closes the curtain. Carol rips it open again, and one of the guys starts poking Marty with, well, I with guess, the, the javelin. Jab, with the javelin. So they're like jabbing him with this, a naked Marty with a javelin in the shower. Everybody's laughing. He tries to run away. He tries to, yeah, he tries to run. He goes for a towel rack. And this is where the car, he grabs a towel rack, but he gets electrocuted because they had they attached yeah. the car battery to the metal towel rack. So he gets shocked. He falls on the ground. Yep. And they, and they drag, drag him. They drag his naked body across, across the floor. <laughs> they drag him to um, the toilet. At, at, no, at this point, we get cut. The janitor. Oh. The janitor goes to find the coach in the gym, and who's apparently the only teacher you ever see in this entire movie. He's just this one coach, coach. Pete, and he's and the janitor does say, "Hey, I saw these kids in the girls' locker room." Blah 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 blah. Uh, the coach hears that there's boys in the lock, girls' locker room, and he goes off to check it out. So now the cool kids are dragging Marty to the toilet. The t- two of the guys pick him up off the ground. And like hold him upside down. Now, granted, Marty is a little guy. He's a little guy, but still, this would, for two people to hold the way they're holding him would be like I, you'd have to be like I don't know, like Mark Henry. Well, no, they're they're, they're strong dudes. They're big dudes because they're thirty five years old. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they and they start giving poor Marty a swirly. Yeah, a, just straight just up dunking his head in the while toilet. they're holding like they're holding him above the. He's not on his knees, forces. They're holding him above and dunking him like they're basically teabagging him in this toilet. <laughs> And uh, so one of the girls flushes the toilet, and uh, and it is funny, kind of funny. It, during the scene, you can clearly see where they switch from Marty or whoever the son of to the, to the like, rubber mannequin. It's like a mannequin, yeah. It's not even like it's like a it's a rubber lifelike man, but you can definitely tell where the cut is. The coach finally comes in. He puts a stop to it, and he tells the bullies to be in the gym after school for you know punishment and all that. PT, yeah, yeah. Stella, the bl- one of the blonde the blonde girl, she's she in true you know privileged nature a spoiled kid she blames marty for the, that they got like stupid marty this is all his fault you know they're the ones who are basically right. just completely terrorizing this kid um so in the gym they all show up they're lined up and they're awful wonderful 80s gym clothes with the super short shorts that are why don't they bring those back i want a pair <laughs> And one of the guys, Frank, who is in a blue shirt, he's the last one lined up. But as you can tell, as he comes up to the camera, you can see he was clearly smoking because he exhaled a bunch of smoke right into the camera. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so we have like, obviously the actor three, but okay, I don't remember being able to smoke in high school, even if you're 18. Like, he's just smoking in the gym. It doesn't matter. It was the 80s. Yeah, I just found that really, I just found it funny. It should have been there, but um, so the coach was like, two of the guys are not there. Like, where are these guys at? And uh, we cut the Marty at his locker, and the two guys are supposed to come up to him, and they say that, oh, we're sorry for earlier, uh, things just got a hand, you know, no hard feelings. And uh, one of them is wearing a Letterman's jacket that has a T on it, which that I wanted. Like, wait a minute, they go to Doddsville High School, so it should be a D, not a T. Well, maybe the school's mascot is the tarantulas. I don't know. <laughs> mm, I, 
Yeah, but I'm reaching, Marshall. I'm reaching. But later, Marty wears the same leather jacket and has a D on it. So there's, that's what I'm saying. Well, there's maybe he got his for science. <laughs> anyway, so they pull out like a joint and they give Marty this joint. Yeah, they're like, hey, man, sorry. Here, have a joint. Which I was like, that's really cool. How nice. You know, it's like they just terrorize a kid, beat him up, bullied him. And then they're like, you know what? We're sorry. Have some drugs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. And so Marty's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be staying late in the chemistry lab. Uh, you know. <laughs> foreshadowing yeah. and he he leaves so this is where we look harrison and putney are the two that gave him the joint i um they finally show up to gym join the rest of the crew uh in the chemistry lab marty he lights his joint he does baller solid he lights his joint with a bunsen burner yeah. not a match not like a bunsen burner <laughs> and he's smoking his joint. the joint and then he starts like hot boxing it too with his hands like which is, it's like a trick where you hold the joint not to the side and you breathe in through your hands and it's, it's kind of gangster way to do it. I mean, Marty's been around. You know, I mean, he's just like, thanks for the joint. It's not like it's his first. It can tell. He's just smoking and doing chemistry. He's like, yeah. Yeah. And so he takes this giant bottle of nitric acid off the top shelf of this flimsy like shelving unit stand. Um that and this that sits on top of a table, so it's not it's a like a little wooden shelving unit that's really flimsy and sits on top of a table, so that alone is very unsturdy. He pours some of the acid into a beaker and puts it back on the the corner of this top Just flimsy barely shelf, barely on. on there. So gee, what's gonna happen? Um, he starts coughing from the joint, backs away from the table. Now this is weird because I noticed when he backs away from the table, he's nowhere near it, but the shelf starts shaking and it's like wow, and you see all the bottles, but there's no one there to touch the table. It's just so unstable. Yeah, but I'm almost wondering if, like, the cameraman is the one who actually, like, bumped the <laughs> shelf during that shot because it's an well elevated camera been. shot, and he, yeah. he actually bumped it. Um, so, and I just want to say, in a chemistry lab, why, like, in nitric acid, and after we see what happens with this, wouldn't those kind of chemicals be, you know, in a little more secure place, not on a flimsy shelf, or possibly even behind, like, Locked doors for like only the chemistry teacher access exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Why would they just be sitting up on the highest flimsiest shelf for anybody to? Nitric to... acid is uh, actually a basically what is used to make nitroglycerin, which is dynamite. Yeah. So you know it's it's incredibly unstable, very damaging to organic material. But for use on metals, it's it's I can see the 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 reason for using it. But yeah, it wouldn't be with the lid off. You know, there's no lid on it. It's on the top top shelf. You know? Yeah, and they just treat this like it's you know like cooking you know basic right. kitchen flour yeah. or something like that. Um, so back in the gym, Skip, who's kind of like the main Antagonist, bad guy, yeah. um, he breaks the window and he says, "Oh, someone threw a window in coach." And coach's like, "Fine, go on, see who it was." And he runs off, and this is where Skip hears Marty getting sick in the locker room because that joint because the joint was something was something wrong with the joint. So Marty went off and gets sick, and Skip goes to the chemistry lab where he pulls out a tiny plastic bag of what looks like some sort of white powder. Right, it, it's so, all I know is it's probably baking soda. It probably and, is, yeah. And he pours it into one of the li- liquor-filled beakers, and it starts to bubble and fizz. Um, he. Passes Marty coming out of the locker room on his way back to the gym. Marty kind of looks, they look at each other like, mm hmm. Um, and Marty, who's now wearing a letterman's jacket out of nowhere, like he didn't have, he's never had up until now. He's just wearing it, like thrown over his shoulders like a cape. Uh, the gas hose, the Bunsen burner, pops off. Like, I don't understand really how or why. It, it just like, it was there and all of a sudden, it just pops off. Um, 
and the whole table starts catching on fire. I don't understand what the purpose of Skip putting that powder or the powder into liquid fizzes up, and then when he comes back, that has nothing to do with the accident that still occurs. Like I don't, yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't know that either. Yeah, That's like, like, I don't. I kind of trying to figure that out. It I, wasn't really anyone's fault. Other than, you know, maybe Marty got high and fucked up. But, yeah. I, just, I blame the chemistry teacher for keeping the nitric acid <laughs> without, you know, yeah. behind, not behind locked doors or something. Right. That, that's whose fault this is. <laughs> um, so, anyway, um, Skip and now Carol, they after the fire, they, you know, somehow. So, there's fires and explosions. And but we haven't gotten to this one. But somehow, in the, in magically, telepathically, Skip and Carol hear the table catching on fire in the chemistry lab. Because they look at each other and smile and give a little nod like, yeah, we did it. It's good. The plan worked. I'm like, how the fuck would you even know that at this point? Yes, there is. Because um, back to uh, 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 the chemistry lab, Marty's shaking the table while he's trying to turn the gas off. He's like trying to frantically turn the gas off to the Bunsen burner, which is causing the table to shake. And which, this course, causes the giant bottle of nitric acid to fall. It hits the table, shatters, spraying Marty's face with acid. The chemistry lab pretty much blows up at this point. Fire erupts out into the hallway. Now that I can hear, like, oh, my God, the explosion. But still, everyone Jim hears it. They run out to the lab. They're looking in from the hallway, and they see Marty on the ground. His face is all burnt from the acid, and he's got a burning metal pipe that's pinning him to the floor. He's trying to push it off. It's burning his hand. He's burning his hand. He's screaming. So next scene is this Marty getting stretched out by paramedics. Uh, Carol leans over him and says, sorry, Marty, we didn't mean to. Marty's hands jump up and grab around the neck. Carol starts screaming. Hard cut to Carol screaming in her bed. So and that whole thing, it was basically now her dream sequence of what happened back in high school. Uh, catch up with Carol. She's wandering around her pretty nice house. She, so she seems to be doing very well for herself. Pretty swank 80s. Totally yeah, 80s. Totally oh, 80s style. Wow. But, it, but it's so glorious <laughs> like 80s. Tacky, like, I loved it. Tacky furniture, but, weird art deco stuff on the yeah, wall. But you know if that, if that was 80s, like, that would be pimp. Oh, like fuck, that yeah. Fall oh, that was, that was amazing. So she's obviously really doing well for herself. Uh, she gets a phone call from her agent asking her if she's going to do some kind of Movie so, part in this film. So it's, she's she's balling. She's an actress. She's, she's an actress doing or great. a model yeah. or something or both. Um, he mentions that she takes her clothes off in front of cameras all the time, and that this isn't much different. So there again, she's either a nude model or model like or something, or act, something. And um, and I, at this point, I'm like, it, they don't really come on say, but I'm like, is she a porn star, or is he trying to get her to do porn? Because like if you like oh you take your clothes off all the time this isn't that much different like yeah. it's just kind of a weird subtext thing. No, but she she definitely she she didn't like the script because the script was weird they're weird and she goes and you're weird you know? yeah yeah so anyway she's doing well for herself yeah so she, she says I'd rather go to my crummy high school reunion than do this movie um, which she does <laughs> which she does yeah uh, Carol goes in the shower we see the door open and POV shots someone walking down the hallway towards the bathroom. It might as be nothing. It just turns out to be one of this, her old high school girlfriends that shows up. Um, and she t- this new girl tells Carol that, oh, I'm engaged to Ricky, and blah, 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 blah. It's bullshit. You never meet Ricky. You never know who he is. So Carol gets in her car, drives off. And cue the same music. Yeah, I was going to say, cue awesome music full, in full synthesizer glory. This music is back. Just and it wasn't that so amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's oh, God, it's so good. So bad but so good at the same time um so 
now we, we meet up again with Skip, and he's driving his his VW uh, Bug or his Beetle. Mm-hmm. Radio reports about thunderstorms coming in on April Fool's Day weekend. So once again, cliche of like, oh, can't have a horror movie without thunderstorms right. and, and then, rain. And then they go, and now we'll bring you a well, happy April Fool's Day. Here's some Barry Manilow. And he goes, fucking Barry Manilow. Yeah, he does <laughs> I say just that. love that part. <laughs> um, He's on the side where he actually comes across. This is like a, just a whole string of perfect timing coincidences. Right. That everybody just happens to run into each other on the same stretch of road at the exact same time. Because he picks up one of the girls from the um, who's like hitchhiking away to this reunion. Um, he picks her up and he she's one of the girls. Now the yeah. Beetle, yeah. Now the Beetle, the his Volkswagen won't start. So up pulls Joey and Stella, two more of the kids from the beginning. In their truck, and they are, and they're like, "Oh, okay, how you doing? Good to see you." Blah blah blah. And meet and greet. Bullshit. Let me fix your car. That's what kind of really Joe is uh, like a, mechanic. a mechanic. He he fixes He's the good car. With cars and and also again, like I said, apparently there's only one road to this place because Carol comes flying by yeah, them in her BMW, BMW Mercedes, or something. Very like very that. very eighties BMW. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now they all arrive at the school, which looks like it has been long since shut down yeah it's, 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 it's overgrown it's abandoned yeah it's locked it's a it's there's there's uh bars on the windows it's condemned you yeah know? It, it's yeah. basically yeah so, and which is weird because you don't really see like schools being shut down like that eh. uh, not a whole lot but anyway so the bully cool kids they're there they're great all of them are, are they've all met up there now. they're greeting each other you know a bunch of small talk uh the doors to the school itself like you said they're all locked um so they sit around, ask each other, like, you know, where everyone else is, because why are we the only ones Why here? are we the ones at the reunion? Hey, uh, hey, everyone's high five. And when they kind of realize that it's just them. Yeah. And they, well, they seem to say, like, do we have the right date? Do we have the right time? Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden, they, sit, they get there in, like, the afternoon, late afternoon. But they sit around all this, sit around on the steps of the school, basically to, like, 8, 10 o'clock at night, because it's black pitch outside. black it is dark as dark as and day. then they finally say man well looks like it's locked maybe we should go somewhere else and they're like no let's get in there yeah. what were they doing for the last three hours or, yeah, or so? who knows I'll be right. yeah because at this point not a thunderstorm just, just hearing the thunder rolling in and they finally say okay we'll break it through a window or something care like fuck it i just want to go right um but they decided to look for the, but they finally break in eventually and hey let's go look for our old classrooms and wait out the storm so that's their plan they enter one of the rooms and it's decorated with banners and signs to say "Welcome back," you know, blah blah blah. There's like American flag, like little triangular banners all over the place. Everyone's thinking Skip set it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They all think it's Skip's joke or something like that. And, um, and they find that their lockers are in yeah, there too. Yeah, I just yeah. Uh, all their old lockers are in there, and they each locker has something of theirs from high school in it. Um, now, this Asian girl who can barely speak English, it sounds like, <laughs> she finds an old pair of gloves that she lost on prom night and, you know, some final pair of shoes and all this stuff. But uh, a girl's name, I think it's, I think it's Shirley is the Asian yeah, girl. Yeah. But it's like, it's just weird because at the beginning scene in the locker room, you don't really hear her talking. But then when, when we talk, she's, it's really something like she can barely speak. She's like, it's really bad in <laughs> broken English. Yeah. Um, so Carol finds a note in her locker, and it reads, Dear Carol, what are you doing Friday night? Movie, maybe. And it's signed by Marty. Love Marty. It's not even, I think oh, it's just a signed by Mar- Marty Redson or something. And she asked Skip if he had anything to do with it, because everybody's thinking this is Skip's thing. And Skip's like, no, I didn't do it. Um, 
Now, Marty's locker is also there. They find Marty's like it, This one, had, yeah, it's got stuff scribbled all over it. It's written this is on. Where it's funny because stuff scribbled on it. And one says, Marty is, and it says a loser, but a loser's crossed out. And underneath it says, is great. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the Asian girl opens it up, and a rat jumps out of her. And inside the locker is Marty's yearbook. With, with the seal still on it. The seal is still around it. It's never been opened. So oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't know there was a seal. Because they say, oh, look, it's Marty's yearbook. I wonder. He never got a chance to get it because he got fucked up. Yeah, I remember that, but I don't remember there being a seal. Okay, cool. Uh, Skip, uh, now this is where Skip starts going into the background, like what happened to Marty. Uh, he says he had six months worth of plastic surgery, uh, that not all the skin grafts took. That he, he said he would never be fit for human companionship again, right. which is a really weird thing to say. Which is <laughs> odd. And that Marty's mind snapped and he went berserk and he's living in a nut house. Um, and basically, but a lot of that at this point in time was just like, like the old campfire story, the man with the hook on the door right, or something right. like that. The cra- the, old crazy Marty. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is basically just a friend of group. And he says, and then he says, oh, last I heard Marty, he, he was working IBM. And that Marty's, I'm sure he's forgotten about us yeah, by he, now. He he's fine. He's fine. working, you know, some computer company. So, uh, moving on. They start, at this point, they, now the party starts. They're drinking all this beer, which I don't even know where they got. Well, it was, all, it just it was all set up. up. It was all, remember the, the table, they had they had a whole bunch of liquor and booze and everything. Was, Did they, yeah. was it the booze there? It was all okay, set up there for them. So, they're like, sweet party. And they even said to Skip, this must have set you back. And he goes, uh, yeah. You know, Skip takes credit okay, for it. I, I got, firstly, I want to talk about Skip for a second. Skip? He he does look he's he's straight out eighties like looking person. Excuse me, but the voice or accent he uses it's I can it's like a hodgepodge mix up of like Brooklyn, Jersey, and Boston or something. Like it's a really weird accent this guy has. Like someone trying to do a New England accent. Yeah, but you I mean you really know you never really know where this movie takes place but still he's the only one that really talks like that. Yeah. Everybody else is relatively normal, but he's got this really weird weird accent and it's kind of it's it's just odd. Um so they start drinking the beer and all of a sudden they start getting shots of various dark and deserted hallways and on the last shot you see an outline of someone wearing a jester mask like with the bells hanging off of it. Um, and this is relevant because I, I didn't mean, but but in, during the shower scene, oh, shower scene, Skip is wearing this jester mask. But it, it's not just like a like the hat or you know, it's a mask. It's like an old man. It's really weird. Like it's a like creepy an old, man old man mask with gray with a, hair with a gesture hat with the you know the, the bells the bells coming off of kind of like these yeah like the Harlequin yeah. court jester yeah, yeah. mask. Um, so now so you see whoever is in the hallway wearing this mask in, in like a shadowy profile look. Um, back the. The group is seen around. Some of them are doing drugs, smoking joints. Carol and Skip start doing lines of coke. Yeah, man, they got weed, they got coke, they got booze. They're partying. Yeah, they are doing it, eighty style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nancy, one of the girls, tells Skips, "Like, hey, come with me while I pee because it's creepy here." And Carol goes off with her. So the two girls go off. So, um, when they're in the locker room, Skip and Frank jump out of the shower, scaring them. It's stupid. Same shit you see in every fucking. You know, horror movie, The Fox Scares. Um, now, here, Frank and Skip run into the old janitor, the old black janitor in the hallway, and who has now become the caretaker of the the high, the, the high school campus. Um, and he, this is where he, he mentions that it, the school was shut down for five years now, 
and that they're tearing it down next month. Um, Frank basically, here, here Janitor, man, here, take, have a beer, and they go on their way. Jen's like, thank you, sir. Thank you kindly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right. <laughs> God damn it. if I do. Uh, but again, this is weird because that means the school shut down supposedly five years after they graduated, which, again, is also the timeline. It's really weird because I think supposedly they graduated in 1980. But then the high the ten year reunion is like in nineteen eighty six. There is continuity errors because they would have graduated in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, but yeah, it's all there's there's mess there's messed there's up really there's messed time up timelines up there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they go in their separate ways. Now Marty, we, there's no no spoiler alert here. We all know Marty's the killer. Um, Marty in the jester's mask and the, now and the Letterman's jacket he was wearing earlier uh, pops up in front of the janitor, grabs him by the neck. Yeah, like, I don't even want to say this. I don't even want to fucking say this. Grabs him with one, one hand, hand by the neck, lifts him up off the ground, and snaps his neck. No, he slammed his no, head. That's right. He snaps it into like a, a coat hook on right, the wall. Right, right. Which is a back, it's actually a back of a door. Right. So he impales his head onto a, a, a coat hook and then nails him to the door yeah, through his hands yeah. like he's Christ. Um why did he kill I the just, janitor? Yeah, I, I got two <laughs> things. I, I'll get to the janitor. First of all, I'm just, God, I'm just, again, just the one-handed pickup by the neck. And Marty's got to be 140 pounds soaking wet. wet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this guy is a skinny. He's not a Jason Voorhees. He didn't come, you know, Matt, he didn't die and become, you know, back alive as a super strong, supernatural being. He's just a deformed person. Skinny who, nerd. Skinny nerd who has no muscles, but he picks up a grown man with one hand by the neck and lifts him off the ground. And I just wanted to, I throw my hands up. I'm like, fuck it. I can hardly do that with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not you just a janitor. Like, why kill the janitor? Like, I get he was there, but he could have. The janitor would have left. You could have still done, you know, taking revenge. But the janitor really is the only person. If it wasn't for the janitor, right? Who knows what have happened to him in that bathroom? Because the janitor is the one who went and told the coach, and the coach is the one who came and basically broke up, saved you. So you should be thanking the janitor for saving him and not killing him. That it's bullshit. That that it's a horrible, horrible kill. Marty's deranged. I yeah, I, but it's just it's pointless. He should there's no he should have not killed the janitor. Poor janitor. Poor janitor. Caretaker. So anyway, back to the classroom. The group is still drinking, and now they meant it's after midnight. So now it's April Fool's Day. So once again, here we come full circle back to April Fool's Day ten years later or six years later or however many years. This, it's supposed to have been right. Um, one of the guys, I think it's Ted. A lot of, some of these names get confused because they don't really matter. But one of the guys is, who was one of the guys who gave Marty the joint in the hallway earlier, right. he shots guns a beer, which yeah, is I believe like, a patch of the ribbon. Check it out! I'm gonna shotgun this beer, and everyone's like, "Oh, you still got it?" He's like, "Check yeah. it out!" So he, he pops it open the bottom of the knife and shotguns it. And as soon as he gets done drinking, he starts getting sick. He's like, oh, I don't feel good. And it's like, it's like the scene from Alien. Like, his stomach starts bulging out. He lifts and up his flames. shirt, and it's just like a, like, like a baby's in his stomach, or something's in his stomach, like, moving. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like the scene from Alien. Like, he's like, and like his intent, like his stomach starts ripping open, and his intestines like like start bursting. oozing, yeah, like start oozing it's like out his of them. Intestines like, are swelling so much they start bursting through his skin. Yeah, and then with a pop, his stomach explodes, and blood splatters all over the Asian girl's face. The rest of the group run out and down the stairs, screaming, like, ah! but the doors are now locked. You know, they can't get out. Um, 
Nancy tries to get out a window, but she gets shocked when she touches like the metal bars over the window. Um, so now the win the windows are now electrocuted, electrified. They realize that Shirley, who is the Asian girl, is still upstairs. Uh, Shirley, oh, this the, the, I love this. The train of thought that leads to her actions just boggles my mind. Like it's bonkers. Like I can't figure out why she would do this. But she goes to a bathroom slash locker room, and she decides to take a bath. There's a bath in there. I get like a locker room shower. Yeah, a bathroom. I get you want to rinse the blood off, wipe the blood off, totally get sure. normal. But who takes a bath? Completely takes off all of her clothes. All of her clothes. And turns on the bathtub and sits in and starts taking a bath. Yeah, first of all, you just watched a friend of yours die a horrible death, and everybody else is run away screaming. And you decide, you know what, I'm just going to take a nice relaxing bath I, right I, here. I, I'm right there with you. I get you go in the bathroom, you wash the blood off your face. Yeah, I get that. Wash the blood off your face. Great. Guess what? You don't need to take a goddamn bath. Yeah. Plus, I'm like, why is there a fucking bathtub in there in the first place? It's a high school bathroom. Maybe even a locker room. I get, yes, you have shower stalls for, you know, every. I've never seen a high school bathroom locker room with a bathtub a in it. Now it's not even like a college like athletic training, like a trainer's tub or like one of those like Maybe a hot a, tub or an ice bath or, or something. I, ice bath, thank right. you. Something. It's no, it's a full-on porcelain tub you'd see in anybody's house. It just what? What the hell? Why? <laughs> I, I don't. They don't get it. So anyway, she's completely naked in the tub. We do see some boobs, and she washes the blood off, and then we cut away. Uh, which wasn't even that much blood in the first place, yeah, really. Was barely much. any. Um, so back downstairs, the blonde guy who gave Marty the joy in the first place, who I think is Carl, but it's, it's definitely Punt, Punsky or Punny. Uh, he is managed to somehow get one of the windows open. Carol gives him her car keys because her car is the fastest, and she mentions that it starts every time. Yep. Gee. <laughs> What's going to happen? What's going to happen now? <laughs> you know, um, I wonder if the car is going to start. And here. the lighting here is so it's bad. Dark. You can't yeah, see dark. a goddamn you thing. You can't no. see a thing. I mean... I, I, the in, when they're in the school, it's not bad, but one, the outside shots of him like running to the outside to the guard, it's just pitch black. You can't see anything. No, you can't. Uh, so he gets to the car, and of course, the car won't start. And he looks in the rearview mirror and says, sees Marty or the just, in the jester mask, and he stabs him through the chest, through the car seat with some kind of big old knife. And his death face is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, his, he goes like cross-eyed and with tongue hanging out. I mean, it is one of the most ridiculous <laughs> over-the-top death faces I think I've ever seen. It's, oh, I wish I could have freeze-framed and taken yeah, a picture. Yeah. It's so it's good. It's so good. Uh, so Marty now gets somehow, he gets the car to start. He drives the car around. And they think it's the dude. Yeah, they think it's a dude. And he drives kind of in the drives away and then comes back and like, what? Why are you coming back? And he drives around, turns around, so the headlights are now shining on the body of the guy he just killed, which is now somehow magically propped up on like the the iron picket, the iron um, fence for all the others to see. Mm -hmm. Which let's talk about um, again. We're talking about continuity. How did he manage to get from into the car without being seen? Which I can get because it's dark. I'll get that. He maybe is waiting. And they were, and they saying, were saying it's pitch black. We can't see anything. Yeah. Um, but then he gets out of the car, which once you open the door, the, the dome light comes on, so you would be seen, drags the body to prop it up for display on this iron fence. Fence Comes back to the car. Comes back to the car, gets, gets in. in, turns on, and then drives around to position the headlights straight on so everybody else can see it. 
how does that happen? Like, it's just the time that would take, and plus everybody would have seen him. And everybody's like, what the fuck's going on? I hear, even if they can't see, they could see, I'm sure they could see glimmers. Yeah. Or, you know, little shadows. And well, just hear, the dome light alone, you would yeah, see the yeah, car to get yeah, in and out of the car. Yeah. You would have had to get out of the car to get the body to the police. Ooh, unless he turned it off from the inside. Some cars, you can do that. Uh, maybe I don't have a beamer. Or yeah. I don't, I don't have a 1980s beamer to like run this <laughs> test on. Yeah. So anyway, back to Shirley in the tub. Yeah, she's having a great old time. She's yeah, she's sitting in the tub in the water. She's been taking a bath for a while now. Yeah. Uh, it's she's coming, taking a bath so long that it starts <laughs> to get cool, and she's like, "I need to add more water." Well, it's, the water is still coming out. Yeah. She, the water was still coming out of the faucet, but it stops. And now instead of water, out are coming acid. So acid is coming out of the tub faucet. She's screaming. All the others hear. They run off to find her. Skip stays with Nancy, who's still passed out from being electrocuted. Shirley's being burned alive by the acid while Marty watches from the window, the little glass one in the doorway. Uh, she starts, Ashley's being burned alive. She pulls herself up with the shower curtain, but she's got, she's too weak to stand up and she falls back down into the tub, splashing the acid all over her. And when the group finally the group finally gets there, and there's nothing left of her except for her burning, burnt, charred skeletal remains. Right, with like gore and stuff in there. Yeah, and yeah, man, this is a long scene. She yeah. burns for a while. It would take my oh, first I, instinct to be like, "I'm burning, get out of the tub." Yeah, you know, she stand, she manages to stand up. All she has to do is tip to the side, and she'll fall out. Yeah, and of, and of course, course not. not. You know, and I don't think you would burn that. No, like, no, I'm not an acid fast, but even if you start feeling, oh my god, it's not burnt. Get out of the tub. It's not going to kill you that fast. No, no, absolutely but, not. Plus, it's mixed with water, a lot yeah. of water. Yeah, that's very. Once good. it starts that's going into the water, you just be like, ow, 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 ow. I'm out. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus. she stays in and burns to death to a completely skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carol's like, oh my god, it's Marty. He's come back. There's a pretty and, cool scene of claymation or face melting too. Oh, it, it goes so fast too. It, yeah, thank you for yeah, bringing that up. It's like there's a, a time lapse shot, but it's like it, her face goes from normal to like skeleton, like <laughs> in like two <laughs> seconds. seconds. It's pretty cool. Um, so out, another car now pulls up outside, and this is Susan pulling up. And this Susan's the girl we met at Carol's apartment saying, "Oh, I just got engaged." But she's like, "I'm gonna be a little late, but I'm gonna show up anyway." And Skip's like, "No, go back, go back," and. Uh, yeah. Susan is skips you on out the window. Go back, go back, go get help. And then they, he just stops. Yep. And yeah. she gets out of the car and just walks in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She walks. Well, there was the one tiny little thing I noticed as her entrance. Like, is everything supposed to be locked up and bored? But as she's walking along, like the outside of the building, it was kind of like she's led to this door because if you look at the back, like the windows, the, the lights in the hallway behind her would light up one by one and lead her to this doorway. And then the light above the door turned on and the door kind of cracked open. That. Yeah. That was actually kind of cool. Okay. I was like, that was kind of neat. Um, so yeah, she's last, she gets into this uh, door, this like back door and uh, she goes in. Now she's walking down the, the hallways though. And she comes across a, what at first I thought was a door, but it's basically a whole hallway where they pull, it's basically like a, a, a Wiley Coyote Roadrunner stunt where Marty has taken a giant sheet of paper and covered the hallway, but painted on it or drawn on it. Like, or like a Kinko's print. Yeah, <laughs> like the sides of like the a perspective of the hallway going down, but in the middle of it, this is like a life-size picture of Marty standing there all weird, this goofy grin on it's his face. It's black and white. It's Yeah, which is weird. It's, it's black and white, not even color. 
And so like she, from a distance, you might go, "Hey, who's that?" You know. But as she walks closer, it's black and white. And like, the guy, oh, it's a paper. Yeah, this know, is obviously uh, paper. Yeah. But she keeps walking up to it, and uh, as she approaches the picture, two hands come ripping through the ripping through the uh, paper from behind, and that hard cut. That's that's all you see. Kind of like this. Um, now we cut to Skip, who's still looking out a window, and. He backs into Frank, who tells him that Shirley's dead. Like, well, no shit, she's dead. You just saw her skeleton in the bathtub. Um, Frank gets an idea about a tractor that they saw on the drive up. And I'm like, first, what? How'd you, where, when they see this tractor, when they finally get to it, it's, actually, it's obviously inside some kind of garage or machine shop. So how would you have seen it on the drive up? I don't know. And so they're like, oh, we can use that to burst through the doors if they can get it started. So again, if it's inside the school, in a point where it's the burst through the doors, again, how do you see it from the outside? Again, the right this movie this breaks all laws of logic and common sense. So there, Joe and Frank are there, and he starts to work on the tractor, and then Skip and Frank leave. Now, when I say tractor. When I when I first heard, oh, there's a tractor, I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be like a big old farm John Deere tractor right, that something. schools have to like, maybe maintain the football mm-hmm. fields or track, you know, maintain things. No, it, it, it turns <laughs> out to be it's basically a riding lawnmower. It's exactly, exactly. what it is. It's a riding lawnmower. <laughs> 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 and so now Stella finds Frank, and she just gets super horny out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, just compl- out of left field. She's just, gone she, from her horniness level. Death makes Stella wet. Yeah, <laughs> apparently she's yeah something's wrong there because she and she's like starting to seduce Frank. And she's telling him that she wishes it could have been her and him instead of her and Joe, and that she tells Frank that her son is actually Frank's kid and not Joe's kid. And she even has a date, 1980, June 23rd. Yeah, there you go. Uh, of when this kid was conceived. Yes. So now Stella's like, she's like, I want to have sex with you right now. And I'm like, seriously, you've seen three of your friends get brutally murdered. And now you want to go off and have an affair while your husband is working on the tractor, which you're hoping is your means of escape. Right. What a like, bitch. Fuck it. I'm going to go have sex with this guy. <laughs> what a horrible, horrible person. I know. Person. So back to Joe, who's under the tractor working on it. Joe, um, you know, Marty comes in. He's like, hey, pass me that wrench because he's thinking it's Frank. Uh, Marty removes the jack from the tractor which and lowers the jacker onto Joe's chest. And he's holding up the tractor with his arms, like trying to brace it. Kind of like a, he's like in a bench press kind of. He's a big dude, you yeah. know, and he's, yeah, he's holding, holding, holding it up, up and, but he's struggling. He's like, ah, trying to keep it from falling on him. Yeah. Um, at this point, um, and this is where I said, this is where I learned it's not tractor. It's just, a, it's a damn riding mower. Marty, he turns on the tractor. And so the lawnmower blades, they're starting, they're going. And he then takes a knife and slashes Joe's forearms with this knife. While this Joe's trying to hold it. You know, while he's yeah. trying to hold a tractor up. This causes Joe to lose his strength. And the tractor comes crashing down on him with the blades eating into his torso and his stomach. So, cuts him all the pieces. Cut, cut, yeah, cuts him up. Um, now we go back to Stella, who's naked in a bed with Frank's, and Frank's sitting on the end saying that <laughs> they're doing blow, drinking whiskey out of the bottle. And this is like, this has never happened to me before. So basically, Frank couldn't perform. And we do see some Stella boobs, so you see more boobs here. Um, and she asks him, "Did you go and turn gay on us?" <laughs> Man, not only is she a horrible person, but she's also like dogging him, like. 
caught him gay and you know well just... apparently it worked because here you're like i ain't gay how dare you because this again this is the 80s who so needs viagra like... just call just question someone's sexuality yeah because that he pounces on her at that point and it, it got to wait carol sleeping in a room with skip and nancy who's still passed out and they're just in a room sitting there Go back to Stella and Frank, and now they're just going at it. They're going to pound town. And it's it's kind of, I mean, you don't see a lot, but it's still kind of graphic it's in a way. For, for an 80s movie, yeah, horror they're movie. They're really sweaty. Yeah. Like, they're, they're going it at it. It looks like they've really been, you know, going at it hard, you know, yeah. and like they're. And Stella yeah. starts yelling, like, she's like, I'm coming. And she starts yelling out, and she reaches up to grab the metal headboard or like metal yeah. bed frame yeah. above her head, and we see a gloved hand. Flip a switch, and then as she, right as she grabs the metal headboard, she gets electrocuted. Shocked she to shock to sh- yeah, exactly. It's, and it's Frank, boo, 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 boo. yeah, it sparks her. And Frank, who's still inside of her, he's getting electrocuted as well. He gets, like shot off of her. Yeah. After some flopping around like a fish, you know, he's like, oh, but he's flopping over. Frank falls off of Stella onto the floor, and then Stella just continues. Just, like, she's just shaking. cooking. She's going. Nancy wakes up and she's like, "Oh, what's going on? I'm gonna go check on Joe." Which, first of all, she's been passed out this whole time. She doesn't even know where Joe is. Right. They right. wake up and go check on him, and she finds him dead under the tractor. Um, I will go back to still her. She gets electrocuted so bad, like her face turns black. Like again, it's somehow like a Looney Tunes commercial when somebody blows up a bomb. Her face is <laughs> all that's left her eyeballs. It's just a black face. None of her other body is discolored. It's just her face is black. It's it's ridiculous. It's so silly. So uh, Nancy, Skip, and Carol, um, after uh, Nancy finds Joe on the track of dead, she runs back. They all run upstairs and try to find Stella and Frank, which they find her burnt, charred body on the bed. Yeah, but what a way to go. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's saying, I'm coming, I'm coming, and then blah, she gets electrocuted. I wonder if that was just the best. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good way to go. <laughs> Um, so she starts yelling out to Marty or no skip starts yelling out to Marty taunting. He's like, we know it's you, Marty. I'm going to get you. Blah, blah, blah. You mother effort. You motherfucker. This, I'm going to kill you. Blah, blah, blah. Come out. And now the three of them head off to, for some reason, they, oh, to the old gym. This is supposed to be a big high school, but apparently they're only in like the three same rooms throughout this entire movie. Yeah, it's it's like three stories tall. It's big. They show them yeah. running up and down a lot of steps yeah. in different parts. But and... they're only in like the one classroom that has the food and beer and the old gymnasium, some other random room, and some hallways. Like There's the like, room. yeah, and the, and the locker room, which is, same, which is over mm-hmm. there in that locker room a lot. Yeah. Um, so Skip finds an old javelin on the floor, which again we're going back to the beginning where they had, were poking with it, and they decide to basically we know we'll just put our backs to the wall and we'll wait for Mario to show himself. All we have to do is stay awake. Yeah, it's so now it's like what's the first thing he does? Sits down. Not pace around. I'm going to sit down. And they got this coke while they just get coked up and stay awake. Yeah, that's a good point too. Now, at this point, Skip also says that April Fool's Day ends at noon and that Marty won't hurt them after that. He's sure of it. 
What the? When? Since when do days end at noon? When, where is it written that April Fool's Day ends at noon? Exactly. I missed that one. Yeah. I don't never heard. Thirty-five of it. years. I have yet to hear that one either. Never heard of it. Always been a big fan of April Fools. Yeah. Never heard. Oh, it ends at noon. Ends at noon. Now is it because it's April Fools' Day and not April Fools' Afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the logic behind it? Maybe. But it makes. And then of course they're saying like they're plant their whole. Survival strategy hinders on the fact that oh, once noon comes, Marty will stop because that's the rules. Right. What rules? Like there weren't like there's no guideline. There was never something like in the beginning of the movie that you know set this, this up. Is as, never oh, established. Yeah, yeah, never established. So Nancy starts blaming Skip and Carol for what they did to Marty, and that they're the two he wants. That they should be dead, not the others, because it's all their fault. What a bitch. <laughs> I, in a way, she's kind of right. Well, she was in on it, too. Um, Nancy finally calms down, and Skip says, that, yeah, this is what they all have to do is stay awake. Time passes by. We're skipping ahead. Carol and Nancy are asleep. Skip was also somewhere asleep. He hears a noise in the hallway, and, of course, he goes off to check it out. And as soon as, <clears throat> excuse me, as, soon as he gra- walks out the door, he gets grabbed from behind by Marty, and the jingling of the bells on the jester mask wake up Carol. All right, that scene really bothered me. This is okay. why. So Skip's walking very cautiously. He's got the javelin up. He's actually in a very proper way to like do a thrust. He actually, I thought the way he was holding that javelin looked absolutely ridiculous well, and totally inappropriate. his chest was pumped up, but I mean, it's still a killing blow. So he's, he, he walks the door, looks to the right, looks to the left, and then he gets grabbed from behind on the right. He okay. already looked right. He must have looked right See, at I didn't know. I was probably writing a note when, during that millisecond he would have looked at the right. But if he, that's what happened, then yeah, that's a big problem. He looks to the like. Open, he's coming to the door, open, goes out the door, looks to the right, looks to the left. And then while he's looking to the left, the guy comes right where he looked before and grabs him from behind. I just saw that and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, boy. Shame, shame. <laughs> so Carol leaves now to go look for Skip. And Nancy, because at first Nancy's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. And, but of course she's like, oh, no, I'm scared. And she, of course, she ends up going after Carol as well. So Marty hangs Skip in a large empty room. Yeah. It's not the gym. It's just some random large room. He just hangs him there from like a rope, like a noose, and just leaves. But as soon as he leaves, the hook's... That the rope are attached to, and the hooks are attached around, to the rope. Skip's they, to the, they break up the wall, and Skip falls to the floor. And so that's the last we see of Skip for a while. So the, the girls are they're back uh, to all the places where uh, where they find a body. They go to all the places where a kill happened, but now all the bodies are gone. And it's clean. It is clean. Like, like Marty cleaned up. Yeah. He Again, tidied the up. timing, the time it would take for all this is very disproportionate to what we actually see. It would take a lot longer. Carol and Nancy continue to wander around, and they start hearing coughing and gagging noises. Uh, they enter, they go into one room, and they find the video footage that they took. Being played on an old millimeter. Like in like an old, uh, yeah, on a projector, on a wall. It's project, and, Marty, and Marty's yearbook is now open, and each of their pictures has a red X through it. Nancy sees her picture and an X through it, and she runs out screaming, he's coming for me next, he's coming for me next. She runs downstairs and outside. She, now, first of all, how the fuck did they get outside? Because the doors were locked. She runs right out the door. Right out the door. Um, Marty stalks her outside, which is, all, by next time, it's also daylight. It's, it's like middle afternoon now. Yeah, it's, it, or at least the morning, because it's bright and sunny. Well, it's like, a, it's like 11, because like, we got one more. Well, yeah. Oh, that's right. We only got an hour left. 
um, Mario stalks her, so she falls into some kind of pit. Now, this is weird because it's not like a dirt hole in the ground because it's got like, it's like cement, it's like a cemented off constructed hole in the ground and it's got pipes leading to it. So I'm like, is this supposed to be some kind of sewer? I don't really know. Yeah, it looks gross. It, and it's filled with like all this, it's filled with like black, black brown, brownish, crud, so. thick, cruddy liquid. Um, but it doesn't really look like poo. Yeah. So I have <laughs> no idea what yeah. this is supposed to be. It almost looks be. like asphalt, almost. Yeah, like, like, like yeah, real, liquefied. Like, liquidy, but so yeah. she, she tries to climb out using this pipe. Every time she touches the pipe, you hear a sizzle. Like, the pipe's supposed to be hot, but... She doesn't seem to mind. She doesn't mind, and there's, like, nothing hot coming out of it, and it's just... There's, it makes no sense. I don't get it. I, I'm really confused by this. And so she climbs up pretty easily, actually. Once she gets up, she gets up. And Marius puts her his foot on her face and just smashes her back into the uh, in, into the pit. And then walks away. And walks away. And I'm like, that's it? Is, is she supposed to be dead now? Or if so, how? Yeah, I mean, um, you just she away. just she just climbed out. So what means she can't do it? Probably again? climb out again. Yeah. yeah, and you never see her again. So I like what it's, it's it's not like you put a lid on it, you know, because yeah. like you said, it's kind of a concrete, like it's a structure that's meant to be covered. Or, it's, it was built for something, right? So but I don't know. It would make sense if you put like a lid on top of it. But yeah, he doesn't close the lid. He just pushes her down his foot and walks away. Yeah, and that's the last you see of her. Yeah. It's I don't I don't know. I don't I don't maybe know. he liked her. Um, so. Back to Carol, she's wandering around still, and the door with the janitor nailed to it opens up in front of her. She screams, runs. Oh, here comes those dead body reveals. Yep, she's back into the girls' locker room where this all started. She goes to one of the stalls, she gets up on the toilet, and the toilet starts to gurgle, and she sees blood coming up from the t- bubbling out of the toilet. And so this next next few minutes is just basically her running around through the school. And it's, and, but it's the same rooms over and over. Yeah, she's kind of being she's stalked, running she's in being a stalked by Marty. Yeah, and she starts hearing tapping noises. She follows the noise, and a basketball or some bouncy ball comes rolling out around the dark. She's back in the gym. Susan's body falls hanging from the ceiling in front of her. She grabs a baseball bat from somewhere, and again, she runs out. So this it gets really repetitive and boring. Um, this time, that paper... Like there's another, there's another pitch, one of those paper cutouts. Yeah, another yeah. one. It's like the exact same one, but it's totally brand new because there's no like our like holes where I ripped through another it. one. Yeah, it's another one already repaired it, and and uh, covering the hallway, and she gets up close to it, and this time Marty rips through it like just like you know football players running through the big you know the band yeah, cheers yeah. made on a football day burst through it burst through it. Carol beats him down with the she's bat. She's got the bat, and she starts wailing on him. Yeah, she starts wailing on him. She runs and off, then, but she drops she the bat. She starts wailing on him, and then she stops, drops the bat, and then and jogs away. Yeah. <laughs> why are you stopping? Keep beating him. And why drop the bat? <laughs> anyway, so Mari gets up. He now has the baseball bat, and he stalks after her. And now, again, like I said, for as much running through school as Carol does, she she keeps making laps in this because we wind up right back, back in because mm-hmm. he gets back to the gym. He drops the bat and he picks up the javelin. And Carol is hiding behind some curtains now, so I guess it's like their gym slash auditorium stage or whatever. She's hiding behind curtains. Mari's jabbing the javelin through the curtains, you know, like jab jab, and she's screaming. Ah, ah. She runs off again. 
I get, finds a hatchet just hanging on a wall, like a door frame. There's a hatchet just hanging there. Just finds it. Random it, hatchet. It's, it's not like it's like, you know, a fire, you know, one of those fire thing. Like in case of fire or break glass, here's an axe or anything. It's just a hatchet hanging on a door like frame. Like a hand hatchet. Yeah. yeah like a, a single hand, hand yeah. hatchet. And she hears Marty coming and she's hiding like behind the door frame. And we see Marty on the other side of the open door that, and she's hiding behind. But he walks off. He, he turns and goes the other way. So she's now Carol sees she's a shadow is approaching. She's like, oh. so she quickly spins around and plants the hatchet right into Skip's face. Oh, Skip! Skip! Oh. She freaks out. Oh my god! Yeah. Once again, she screams and she, she runs just, off. She just hatcheted Skip's face. Yep. Uh, so now she's in one of the hallways and Marty just comes leaping at her from off screen. Like she's running kind of towards the camera, and he comes leaping on from what from our perspective would be the left side of the screen, and she just kind of pulls some like matador bullshit, and Mario goes flying through a window that's about a story up, and he falls about like basically a story down to the hardwood gymnasium floor. Wham, wham. He Carol picks up the javelin, and he does. She doesn't like try to like throw it at Marty and like try and pale him with it because, it, or if she did, she's really bad. But it looks like she just kind of tosses it out the window, like. Eh, like I don't, you know, take that. <laughs> totally misses him. And to, yeah, totally misses Marty. The clock strikes noon, so it's not. It's now noon. On, so apparently, April Fool's Day is over. Everybody. <laughs> Marty sits up, takes a javelin, goes after Carol. He's chasing her with the javelin. Once again, she ends up in the girls' locker room. This time, she hides in the shower stall. While is coming back, you know, he traps her in the shower. He takes off the mask, and he asks her, "How do you want it?" Because that's kind of like you know, she asks him that same thing, and. He's, uh, you know, like I said, referring back to the beginning, and he stabs her with the jab, like, right, like, center mass. He turns on the water, and he leaves. And he's like, I got you! Yeah, he walks out, yeah, he's like, he's, he's, he's victorious, he's walking around, he's just like, he's like I, got yeah, you, I got you, you motherfuckers! I did it, Marty Redson, blah, blah, blah. And now, he starts hearing jingling, and people calling his name. So he's like, and we're like, what the, what's... So he's following these voices, and he ends up back in the room in the party room where the group was partying with all the beer. But now it's filled with smoke or fog, and all and the it's people red lighting, and red light, it's yeah, awesome. they, all the people he killed start rising out of the smoke, saying things like "Remember me, Marty," and they look like gold zombified. Yeah, smoke this, Marty, and so forth. And then they would descend back My into the smoke. My favorite one is when uh, I think it was Joe got up. And he's, 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 I don't remember what he says, but he just starts, he's like, what's up, Marty? Mouth blood. Just tons of mouth blood comes pouring down. And I was like, yes. We got it. We got mouth blood. So Marty backs out of the room and he runs for the doors. He opens the doors and all of his victims are there waiting for him. And they start lunging at Marty. Like a zombie movie. Yeah, it's straight like the zombie movie. Now, cut to Marty now, lying in a hospital bed, his face wrapped up in white gauze bands. And he's screaming. Freaking out. Freaking out. A nurse comes in and tells him that the plastic surgeons did a great job and that the bandages have come off in a few weeks. Cut to this doctor in the hallway signing some paperwork. The nurse's call light starts to flash, and you hear this really annoying beeping noise. It's like, um, the doc goes to the room, and we see the nurse standing over Marty with a very large syringe. I mean, gigantic syringe. Again, Aaron is a medical professional. That's ridiculously big. Uh, it's big, but I mean, it can maybe be an IM. Yeah, pretty. It's a pretty big ass IM. But um, so Marty's still screaming about, "I will have my revenge and get revenge." And blah blah blah. The doctor approaches 
the nurse asking if everything's all right. Nurse turns around, dun, dun, dun. It's Marty in the nurse's uniform, and half his head is still in bandages, and the other half is, like, burnt up. And he sticks the syringe needle into the doctor's left eye and killing the doctor. And he goes to look in this mirror, and he's, like, pulling bandages off his face. skin graft. Yeah, and he turns to the camera, and he starts ripping the flesh off of his face, and it just freeze frame. Roll cre- fade to black, roll credits. Cue that same awesome music. <laughs> and, yeah, cue this music. So th- that's Slaughter High. Now, first of all, that's the ending is kind of a letdown. It is kind of weird. Big letdown. It's kind of weird. Like when he got the kill, you know, he killed Carol, and he's like, "I got you, you motherfuckers!" And then they started right when they started doing the zombie, like you know, like the all the victims coming back and the smoke room. I was like, well, you know, Marty's obviously crazy as shit. Maybe he's yeah. always going to be, no, even even though he killed him, he's always going to be tormented by, you know, the bullies no matter what he does. And I thought that would have been kind of a cool ending. You know, I thought that would have been kind of neat. You know, it's like, even if he got his revenge, he did all this work to get his revenge, and it doesn't matter because he's still so psychologically scarred. I thought that would be kind of a neat ending. But then they go to the hospital, and then at that part, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a bullshit ending because like a lot of people like my research of this and a lot of people are like it's basically a movie with two endings. Like you can choose like I would have been like happy like okay as soon as he walks out of that locker room after uh, killing Carol the Javelin, just stop the movie and let it end that way. And you're like okay fine, he, the guy gets his revenge because otherwise it's just. I, mean, I, guess, I guess that's why they're going with April Fool's because the whole movie is like, ha fuck you. This yeah. never really yeah. happened. <laughs> it's all a dream sequence. That's a good point. That's a good point. Which is pretty much exactly what the other April Fool's Day movie is. Oh, it's is like it? they kill this girl or somebody's killing everybody, but then it comes out, oh, uh-huh, it never really happened. Yeah. It's all a trick. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I really disappointed in the ending. It, it's, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, uh, moving on. Now with it fresh... In our head, we're going to go into our favorite kill section. There can be only one favorite kill. And there was... It's hard to tell because, again, you could make the argument like Chris, when we did the Jason X episode, Chris Samples kind of got on my, gave me a little grief because my second favorite kill was the sleeping bag scene. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to say, that's not even a real kill because they're holograms. So technically, this movie, none of them are real kills because it's all a dream, except for the doctor getting stabbed with the needle. Semantics. Come on, let's just. I know, but I'm it. just saying. But all right, uh, <laughs> all right. So favorite kill. What? What? Aaron, all right. Go, well, go this movie did have a lot of kills in it, which it was good. It had a pretty decent body count, and some of the deaths were very unique, like the exploding guts, the acid in the bath. But my favorite was the tractor death. That one was my favorite. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, he's he sees it coming. You know, the track, he's letting the lever down. The tractor's falling on top of him. He's doing his best to stop it. He's holding it up, and he's cussing him. He's like, you bastard. And, you know, I guess Marty looked at this and go like, well, this can go on for a while. I don't have time for this. Starts cutting, starts cutting his wrists and cutting his forearms. And I'm like, oh, man, that's got to suck because I'm putting myself – into Joe's shoes, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's got to be hard to hold that. And you got the adrenaline's going, and this guy starts cutting you. Oh, you can't help it. You're trying so hard, but it's just physically impossible. And boom, falls on top of you. Blood goes everywhere. Nice, gory death. Unique. I really like that one. That one was my favorite. All right. Um, I, 
Actually, I, I'm going to go with the uh, the sexual electrocute, electrified sex bed. Death by sex, yeah. Se- um, <laughs> because not, it was just one death. It was a two. You got two kills for the price of one. Yeah, it was that twofer. One. Just twofer. Um, so yeah, that I went for that one just because like the, the acid stuff. I know I've seen it before, um, and of course the guy getting stabbed with the car seat. That's been done a yeah. bazillion times. Um, the tractor was probably uh, probably my second. Mm-hmm. It was definitely probably my second. But I'm going to like the sex bed just because you, you kill two people with one with one flip of a switch, <laughs> and it was and plus it was so over the top the way um, she Stella was, was she was screaming. Around. It was pretty. <laughs> Steamy sex scene, and then it just got steamier and stinkier and deadlier. All right, so moving on. Now it's time for odds and ends. We're going to start wrapping this up. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what's wrong with these guys? Uh, our ratings, uh, IMDb gives it a 5.1 out of 10, so about 50%, you know, right in the middle. Rotten Tomatoes actually... There is no thermometer score for this one at all, yeah. but a 36% audience score. And Amazon has a 3.8, so basically four out of five stars. I didn't know it's 42% of the 88 reviews that I found gave it five stars. This has got a good cult following. Yeah, I think it does. Um, plot keywords. There were a lot. There are 166 of these wow. that I went through. I wrote down four because a lot of them were, you know, you could guess. Sure. Um, some of the ones are just like, what really? Why even bother? Why even bother putting these on a list? Were sign, sign, room. Yeah, there's lots of those. Urination. She does pee herself. Uh, the last two I get, I think they're different, but this is the first. Urina- and then the last one is erectile dysfunction. <laughs> That's good. So um, now we're going to kind of speed through this because, uh, unfortunately, but. This would be the time where we normally would play the budget game. But sadly, I could find no budget information really? for this movie. Oh. So I, I'm sure Aaron would have completely overshot. Well, I'm going to go ahead and guess anyway. And I guess, but I have no answer for well, you this Well, maybe week. we can do a little research and find out, you know, just, just because maybe we'll – I mean, I'm sure you did lots of digging and looking, but – and if anybody knows, please let us know if anybody found out. Uh, so I actually did a little bit of research. I don't ever – I do a little research, but I never look for the budget because I like trying to guess. Um, so this movie was filmed in Britain. So it was, it's filmed in England. Uh, but it's – the actors and actresses are also British, but they do accents. That's why that, like, that one character, Skip, has that weird – Yeah, the, the, oh, horrible accent. And Nancy, maybe she just can't speak because she can't do an American accent. <laughs> or maybe she's like, well, you're Asian. You don't have to speak that much. But uh, the building was shut down. It was empty. It was an, obviously an abandoned building. Um, so I'm going to take a guess. The effects – also, some of the people who did Friday 13th, also, also did this movie. Yeah, I looked for that because I kept saying, for the people that brought you Friday the 13th, and I looked, like, the, none of the directors, none of the producers, I could not find anybody. The only thing that I think had anything to do with it was the music yes. people. The people the who music. did the music also did the music for Friday the 13th. So the fact that you say, the people that brought you Friday the 13th is like, just a guy who it might it might be like the same people who catered Friday Thirteenth <laughs> made this movie. However, the music in Friday Thirteenth is 
is classic. Yo, yeah. If you even call that music, but yeah, but the, it's the same. The, sound. the same. Yeah. You can definitely tell there's similarities mm-hmm. during the chase scene when Marty's running down Carol. The music that's building up, it's very Friday Thirteenth esque. It definitely has some qualities. They even make a Friday Thirteenth reference in the in the movie at the very beginning when they they do a scare and he's wearing a Jason mask. What do you think I was, Jason? Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and guess. Nineteen filmed in 1984. 84. I'm going to guess, boo, but that actress was actually a pretty decent actress. She actually had a lot of credit. She was in 007. She was in a lot of movies. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm getting a signal from Marshall. I'm going to go ahead and guess that it cost about uh, $500,000. Interesting. We'll put that on note and yeah, on we'll, record. And we'll put it on note. If we ever find out, we'll, we'll circle around and, and, and come back to this. Um, now, getting into the trivia of this, this the, the, the information I found out, uh, like I said, Caroline, Caroline Monroe was like 36 years old when she filmed this, playing a, te- a teenage high school. Um, <clears throat> as I did comment on April Fool's Day was the original title of this movie. But as of 2013, Japan is the only country to have a home video release of this movie under the original name April Fool's Day. So right, you find it in Japan as April Fool's Day. Um a poster of the movie Pieces, which is a 1982 movie, is visible in the uh, manager's office, the guy who's trying to get Carol to do the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Pieces was written by Dick Randall, who was a producer on this movie. Okay. Uh, and so, Dick Randall also played that uh, agent. He played the agent. So that, a little patting himself on the back there. Basically, he's, yes, shameless self-promotion on that one. Um now, we kind of cover like this. Supposedly supposed to be a ten re- reunion, but you know they're actually in eight. Yeah, we already talked about the it's, time. The time is really messed yeah. up. Um, but okay, here's the big thing that's the big like white elephant in the room when it comes to this movie. Um, the Marty Marty Ranch, the guy who played Marty Simon Scudamore. This was his one and only film mm-hmm. uh, because. Shortly after, first of all, he was only, they never could, they couldn't shoot on the weekends because he worked at a uh, school for deprived children. So, huh. he, that, so he worked there on the weekends. Um, but shortly after they wrapped this movie, short, as soon as all the filming was done, like within like days or weeks or something like that, he committed suicide with a drug overdose. Um, and I'm thinking a lot of that, that's why I think this movie never got released until 86. Um, and there's actually a lot of kind of mystery surrounding his suicide. Like I was doing a lot of reading up on this and research. And not a lot of people know what happened. And the people that do kind of understand, or, like the details are like, like area 51 type stuff is like, nobody's talking about it. They won't release details. Hmm. They don't know if it has something to do with this movie itself or if there's something else going on. So there's this big kind of shroud of mystery about what happened to this guy and why did he kill himself like right after this movie was done? And then, you know, that's why I, I guess I assume that's why it was released two years after it was uh, wrapped up. That almost kind of makes me think of uh, the Heath Ledger uh, Dark Knight situation. You know how Heath Ledger, after he plays this this mentally disturbed psychotic character. And from what I understand from what, what I've read in reports is that it was it was, you know, Mentally exhausting to play this type of psychopathic character and really dove into the 
you know, the, the meat and potatoes of the part and really immerse himself into it and that he would have trouble sleeping and he accidentally took a lethal combination of, you know, pharmaceutical drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Maybe something like that happened with Marty. Like, he was getting into this character of such a, like, uh, so, like psychotically disturbed and all the bullying and all the, you know, pain that he had to go through and then after the movie was done, he just couldn't get himself yeah, out of that but funk. that's the thing. Like, there's nobody knows. It's yeah. really... Really weird. It's crazy. So moving on. Uh, last little thing we do before you start wrapping up the show is um, our five star reviews of this movie. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five star reviews. Uh, I found a few decent ones. There were a good amount of them, but I found some that were just kind of, uh, you know, a little better than others, or more. I found more entertaining. So from uh, from Dean, a great horror cheese fest. From the moment you hear that intro music, which and no, so five stars, uh, and we talk about the music is awesome. The music is awesomely bad. It's it's crazy. Um, Mel Melahapuff, I can't pronounce the guy. You know some best eighty eighty slasher flick out. Five stars. I, I, no period, just out there, out just <laughs> out out. Maybe he just dropped the microphone. Yeah, out. Just out. <laughs> uh, Terry Rainey. I tried to remember the name of this movie. Saw it as a kid. Now I finally found it. I had to buy it. I missed the eighties. Five stars. Another name that's completely unpronounceable. It's just a bunch of gibberish. Uh, they should reproduce Blu-ray because I want to collect Blu-ray HD version. Whatever. DVD, DVD also nice. This is a great slasher film. Five stars. Now the quality of this film, like the way it was shot on, ooh, is. It's brutal. Yeah. Like there's, I had a green line. I don't know if you had a green line on the no. right side of the screen for like a long time. Like I did not. Yeah, it was weird. Um, Robert, I love it, and it came fast. Five stars. <laughs> it's kind of a weird. Oh, that must be just a review for Amazon. Yeah, but he loves he loved the movie too. Um, so a ramp cover. This is one of my favorite movies. It's Shakespearean actors doing a slasher, and failing. Or succeeding in parentheses beyond your greatest expectation. From the kicking theme to the repressed British accents to the heartless high school bullying, this one is, is one of the greatest of all slashers at least. Oh, yeah, I should mention that if you're one of those huge loser types, don't watch this movie because you won't like it. Well, what is this? National spit on, Sit on Your Duff Week? Buy it now. Five stars. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Who knows? I don't what that know. Mean? <laughs> So the last two I have are pretty sure. Daniel H. This is a classic 80s slash movie. It's about a guy who kills people 20 years after high school. It reminds me of high school, with one exception. I would never kill people. Great movie. Five star. So he's got the time wrong. He's like 20 years later. And he says, it reminds me of high school. One, either you were a bully asshole. Or you were picked oh, you on a lot. Your... <laughs> and it, well, I would never, ever kill people. Yeah, you're on a you're you're on the list yeah, now. Yeah, you're, you're not the cool kid. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's like the alibi. Like, yeah, you're trying to try to cover up. Yeah, yeah. And plus, he's the one saying I would never kill people. That means he got his ass picked on. Yeah. Um, and last from Anonymous, Hi, Slaughter High is one of the best movies ever. If you like horror movies and you know what it is, horror dash evil that sort of thing, this is a movie for you. You'll love the realism of it. Five stars. Oh, the realism. <laughs> the real because that's what I took away from this is how real this movie sure, is. Sure, yeah. Uh, so that's that's it. Um, I will say it's one of the weird things about this movie is even though it's supposed to be a horror movie, but it's kind of the opposite. Like where you know who the killer is right away, and that's not the worst thing. But it's the killer who you almost like. And a lot of good horror movies, 
the victims are the ones you want to get behind and you want to live. And you're like, oh, no, not that person. Here, he's killing a bunch of complete asshole right. like, douchebag bullies who deserve, you know, kind of like, not necessarily murder, but, you know, deserve what they get. They need their comeuppance. It's not like you want any of these characters to live. Succeed and get away. And, yeah, it's like, go ahead, man. I already kill them all. So there's no, you really have no... <laughs> You know, attachment to these characters. So it's a little weird, like flip flop of that, which I don't know makes so, it hard. So to here's a question I'm going to pose to you. One of our films that we reviewed earlier in our podcast is uh, Sweatshop, yeah. and they are some of the worst people in the world. Oh god! Now yes, this is a good, con- you know, a contrast here. We have, you know, some horrible people versus some hor- which one's worse, the Sweatshop raver uh, weirdos? I, I, or- I still I stand by Sweatshop are the worst people. <laughs> Grand, what they did to Marty is pretty atrocious and awful, but I will say that was high school, and kids can be cruel and mean, and you can grow up and move on. The people in Sweatshop were basically past high school, and they just never got out of their, their douchey, crazy ways, and they're just awful people as grown-ups. Because technically, these, you don't see the cast as people as adults. They could have moved on and been you know, philanthropers and given to charity or very successful people. Maybe not all of them, but... You don't know. They could have changed. Sure. But you no, know, you don't know. So I'm going to say Sweatshop still takes the cake for worst people in a movie we've seen. This is so a close far. second, though. Yeah. So um, recommend. Would you, rec- would you recommend somebody see this? Absolutely. I, I thought it was a real fun movie. Uh, it's got some, you know, some fun kills. You kind of root for the killer, kind of what we were just, just talking about. Uh, I thought the guy who played Marty did a pretty good job, and it's a shame he uh, committed suicide not long after. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun movie. I'd, I'd recommend it. Great 80s weirdness. It's good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, too, actually will uh, – I recommend seeing it. It is it is classic 80s. The music's oh, – The music's so, great. Yeah, you know, it's the same, everything, I don't need to re-say what Aaron said. I, go watch it. Just have fun with it. Check it out. It's worth an, you know, an hour and a half of silliness. Uh, so that's going to do it. We're going to wrap up. Uh, Remember, follow us on our Facebook page, uh, our website, HorribleHorrorPodcast.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at so bad it's scary. You can follow us on Podbean, um, HorribleHorror.Podbean.com. And you can download us and subscribe to us for free on iTunes. Check out it's, iTunes, please. It's free, F-R-E-E-E, people. And iTunes is very well known. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to do it. We'll be back next week for part three of our back-to-school month special. Till then, everybody take care. We'll talk to you later. Hugs and kisses. Mm-hmm.